Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Psychope Self-Help Podcast, a space for women where psychology illuminates paths to healing hope and personal growth. I'm Dr. Jennifer McManus, a clinical psychologist, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll explore a different way to use psychology to enhance emotional wellness. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to episode 17. At the time that this episode is going live, it'll be January 2nd, 2023, and I am so excited to wish you all a happy new year. On the last episode, we explored a few ways to position yourself for success with your New Year's resolutions by starting with how you set them. If you've not yet listened to that episode, it might be helpful to go back and check it out because I'll be drawing from the foundation laid within that episode on this episode. I also want to reiterate something I mentioned on the last episode. My little disclaimer that there's nothing that says we must set New Year's resolutions. For many people, though, setting New Year's resolutions can be a meaningful tradition. So if you fall in that category, then these tips are meant to help you. Chances are, you're like most people who start the new year off with the best of intentions as they set their New Year's resolutions. They represent a commitment to becoming better versions of ourselves. You're not alone, though, if you find yourself having trouble getting going on New Year's resolutions or sticking with them once started. We know that weight loss goals are among the most common New Year's resolutions, and that fitness clubs are jam-packed in January going into February. We also know that the crowds at the gym start to thin out and return to normal by, say, March. This is just one example of how we can start off full steam with New Year's resolutions, only to later abandon them altogether. This cyclical pattern is really not surprising, though. Change in general, and certainly self-improvement, is hard. For some people, giving up on a New Year's resolution altogether might be a source of shame. There's also the potential of feeling even worse about the situation we were trying to change than when we started. It's for reasons such as these that I want to provide you with as many tips as possible to help with forward movement towards your New Year's resolutions. The 14 tips explored in this episode are informed from psychological research and offered here to help you stay motivated and make progress on your New Year's resolutions. Before diving into the tips, I want to provide an important caution. Keep in mind that not every strategy works for every person. Similarly, a strategy that may have been effective for one person at one time may not be as effective for that very same person at a different point in time. Humans are quite complex, and we all have our own unique way of interacting with the world, an environment that is also ever-changing. So taking these considerations into account, let's get started with our 14 tips. The first tip for success with reaching your New Year's resolutions is to start with how you set them. This tip is so important that I dedicated the entire last episode to the topic. If you've not yet written your New Year's resolutions, then it might be helpful to listen to that episode. But here are some of the key takeaway points on the importance of setting New Year's resolutions with intention. 
We want to make sure that we set New Year's resolutions that are in alignment with our values. This is because values guide the choices we make in life. So we're more likely to achieve our goals when they're in alignment with what we value in life. You'll hear the theme of values pop up throughout these tips. To set New Year's resolutions that prime us for greater success of achieving them, we want to write them by following the SMART goals format. That's an acronym for goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. I went over SMART goals with a lot more detail in the last episode, but here's a quick summary of them. We want to be specific and clear in how we word our New Year's resolutions. In order to know how you're doing on your New Year's resolutions, you need to have a way of measuring progress on these goals. When setting New Year's resolutions, we need to make sure we can reasonably attain these new goals. Our New Year's resolutions are considered relevant when they align with our life values. And last, we want to define timelines for completing New Year's resolutions. And the next tip to position yourself for success with your New Year's resolutions is to put them in writing. If you've not done so already, consider literally writing down your New Year's resolutions as opposed to just thinking about them. Writing them down can serve as a visual cue and reminder about the personal change you have committed to making. Visual reminders can help us stay motivated with the steps needed for the change we want to make. The next tip is to start when ready. There's nothing magical about January 1st when it comes to starting work on new personal goals. If you're not ready to start working on New Year's resolutions the very first week of January, then that's totally okay. Certain dates can serve as a natural time for a reset, though. Think of how many times you promise to start something like a new diet on a Monday. The first of the month and birthdays can also function as times when we're particularly inspired to work on self-improvement goals. The meaning of these types of dates varies from one person to the next. So if you don't feel motivated to work on behavior change on a specific date like January 1st, then be flexible with yourself and start when you are ready. I know there's a fun and motivational soundbite that's been floating around on the internet for a while now about starting before you are ready. Now, there are indeed times when we should start before we perceive that we are ready. This dynamic is especially true when it comes to perfectionistic standards that may delay the start of something important to us. In these situations, it can be helpful to have a push to finally just do the thing. When it comes to long-lasting change, though, starting when you are truly ready can be a more helpful approach. We don't have to force change before feeling ready for the sole purpose of syncing up with a specified date on the calendar. Also, at a time of heightened stress or anxiety, it's understandable that committing to a significant behavior change could be overwhelming. So be flexible and compassionate with yourself when you start your New Year's resolution. Now let's shift to the next tip, which is social support. Teaming up with friends or family members working on the same or similar New Year's resolution can be beneficial. Receiving support from others can help motivate us to engage in new behaviors. Also, encouragement from people who may be experiencing some of the same struggles on their journeys of change as we are lets us know we're not going through it alone. 
Another way that social support helps with making progress on New Year's resolution is through accountability. This is the fifth tip. Knowing that someone else is counting on us can be quite motivating. We can put this tip into action by pairing up with an accountability partner on activities relevant to your New Year's resolutions. Shifting a bit, the next tip is all about a little friendly competition. Research has shown that in addition to the encouragement and accountability factors involved with social support, people who engage in friendly competition can improve progress on their goals. A way of incorporating this strategy is to share progress with each other in a public way. Posting in a Facebook group or having a spreadsheet on a shared drive are both wonderful ways to share progress publicly. While social support, accountability, and friendly competition all can play a role in motivating us to stay on track with our New Year's resolutions, research has shown that we're even more likely to achieve our goals when the motivation comes from within. That's why the next tip is all about exploring the value of internal motivation. In other words, being internally motivated for our New Year's resolutions is a more reliable indicator of success with our goals than being externally motivated. One reason for this is because external motivation factors can change. In drawing on the previous tip of accountability, we may feel compelled to follow through with certain tasks related to our New Year's resolutions because other people are counting on us. This external factor can change at any time, though. Take, for an example, an accountability partner who loses her motivation. That external motivation piece is now no longer a part of the equation. Your internal motivation remains constant, though, and you have control over that piece no one else. Now, just because internal motivation is a more reliable indicator of success with our goals and external motivation, that does not mean we shouldn't incorporate some external factors too. What's important is to not rely exclusively on external motivation. Shifting a bit here, if your New Year's resolutions involve cessation of some sort, that is stopping a particular behavior, It's helpful to consider what healthier sorts of behavior you could engage in instead. This leads us to the tip of replacement behaviors. If we don't have something to replace the old behavior, then we run the risk of it feeling like we're white knuckling it, like we're driving down the highway through a heavy storm. Continuing with our common weight loss themed resolutions, consider the cessation goal of no longer eating candy. If one was used to having a sweet treat after dinner, then it may be helpful to have a replacement behavior of eating fruit instead of candy. Another way to set yourself up for success with your New Year's resolutions is the tip of making it easier on yourself. We do this by reducing the amount of steps needed to get to the behaviors you are trying to increase. For example, if your goal involves morning workouts, Consider laying out your active wear the night before so it is nice and ready for you in the morning. Here, we're drawing on the psychological concept of friction. We want to reduce friction for the behaviors we would like to increase as part of our New Year's resolutions. The next step is the exact opposite. In this case, you want to make it harder on yourself by placing more steps between you and the behaviors you're trying to decrease. We want to increase friction for behaviors we're trying to decrease. 
For example, if avoiding junk food is part of your New Year's resolutions, then keeping unhealthy foods out of the house may be the way to go. In order to have potato chips or a chocolate bar when there are none of the house will put extra steps between you and the behavior of eating junk food. Instead of just walking to the kitchen, it's a whole trip to the store. Even for those of you who like to have food items delivered, the act of ordering will add more steps. Plus, the passage of time while it's being delivered can be enough of a delay to allow us to reconsider giving into the urge to stray from our New Year's resolutions. If your New Year's resolution involves doing more of something that you're really not that fond of, then pairing that less desirable activity with something enjoyable makes it more bearable. This in turn increases the likelihood of engaging in the behavior you're trying to increase. Listening to one's favorite playlist or a podcast are enjoyable activities that many people pair with exercising. The next tip is to regularly measure and track progress on your goals. If you made those SMART goals discussed earlier, then you'll have a New Year's resolution that can be measured and tracked. The very act of monitoring a behavior we're trying to change is related to an increase or decrease in the behavior of interest. For some people, bringing one's attention to the behavior they are trying to change through tracking and measuring can help them make progress on that goal. It's quite common to fluctuate with progress on New Year's resolutions. We may be doing great for a week or so and then have a slip with our progress. How we handle these slips is crucial, and that's why getting back on track is the penultimate, that is the second to last tip. These are the decision points when many people get discouraged and give up altogether. You cannot go back and change the decisions related to straying from your New Year's resolutions, but you can make decisions moving forward that get you back on track with your goals for the new year. Try to pick up where you left off, pivot, and proceed. I want to take a moment here to mention that I created a guided meditation intended to help with these common fluctuations with progress on New Year's resolutions. The practice may prove helpful in reconnecting you to the original motivation behind your New Year's resolutions or personal goals any time of the year. You can find it on my YouTube channel. My account over there is at psych underscore hope, and I'll also put a link to it in the show notes. The final tip I have for you is to reinforce your progress. We are much more likely to make lasting behavior change if we reward our progress as opposed to punishing our slips. Having a plan to celebrate the small wins along the way makes us more likely to keep up that positive change. So there you have it, 14 tips informed by psychology to set you up for success with your New Year's resolutions. Remember, your mileage may vary with these tips. If one approach is not helpful, however, consider trying another tip that might be a better fit for you. Do your best to stay encouraged, even if you have a few slips along the way. Self-improvement is a process. Each small step you take gets you closer to the change you wanted to see when setting your New Year's resolutions. Please be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you may be listening so you can learn more about a new psychology-informed self-help intervention each week. Thanks for listening. 
The information shared on the Psych Hope Self-Help Podcast is done so with the understanding that it does not constitute professional help, nor is it a substitute for professional help. If you think you might benefit from more than self-help, there are resources listed in the show notes.